For I've had enough of this world and its pleasures. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. I will arise and go forth to the house of my father. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. House of my young. Shalom, and welcome to today's teaching on the Hebraic roots of Christianity, where we study first century Christianity and the faith that Jesus, whose Hebrew name is Yeshua, which means salvation, taught his disciples. And now, Hebraic roots teacher Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries International. Shalom. I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries, and we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject, Two Houses and the New Testament. This is part 16 of the series. In John chapter 11 and verse 6, it is written, When he had heard, therefore, that he was sick, when Yeshua had heard that Lazarus was sick, he abode two days still in the same place where he was. This two days represents 2,000 years of time, that Yeshua is going to wait 2,000 years from his first coming to gather and unite the 12 tribes of Israel. Hosea in chapter 6, verses 1 and 2, it is written, Come and let us return to the Lord. He has torn that is taken us into exile. He will heal us. That means ending the exile. He has smitten. He will bind us up. After two days, well, in Psalm chapter 90 verse 4, one day is likened to a thousand years. So after two days or after 2,000 years, will he revive us? And it's at the beginning of the third day. That is the day of the Lord or the Messianic era. And the darkness part of the day of the Lord is called the tribulation period. He will raise us up and we shall live in his sight. In John chapter 11 verse 7 and 8 it is written, then after that said he to his disciples, let us go into Judea again. His disciples said to him, Master the Jews of late sought to stone you and you want to go there again? The hidden meaning as it relates and pertains to the end of days is that after he abode there for two days he then said let us go to Judea again. After 2,000 years let us focus our attention on the Jewish people in the land of Israel. And the disciples said, the Jews have sought to stone you. Now the deeper meaning is that traditional Judaism don't want to hear that Yeshua is the Messiah. And so the wisdom of going to the Jews who don't want to hear that Yeshua is the Messiah is being questioned in doing this after two days or 2,000 years of time. Yeshua will reveal himself to the nation of Israel during Jacob's trouble. Micah chapter 5 verses 2 and 3 it is written, But you, Bethlehem Ephratah, though you be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall he come forth unto me, that is to be ruler in Israel whose going forth has been from old from everlasting. This is speaking about Yeshua the Messiah. He is the ruler in Israel. Then it says in Micah chapter 5 verse 3, Therefore he will give them up. That means he 
won't reveal himself to them until the time that she which travails is brought forth. This is referring to the tribulation period and it's referring to the birth of biblical Zion. The birth of biblical Zion will take place during the tribulation period and the birth of biblical Zion is a rebellion against a Palestinian state. This is a tribulation event and once biblical Zion is established, then the remnant of his brethren shall return to the children of Israel. And this is a reference to believing that Yeshua is the Messiah and then have the ingathering of the exiles of Israel. In John chapter 11, verse 9, it is written, Yeshua answered, Are there not twelve hours in the day? If any man walk in the day, he stumbles not because he sees the light of this world. Yeshua is referring to himself as being the light of the world. In John chapter 8, in verse 12, it is written, Then spake Yeshua unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. In John chapter 9, verse 5, Yeshua said, As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. In John chapter 12, verse 46, Yeshua said, I am come a light into the world that whosoever believes on me should not abide in darkness. Well, if you're not to abide in darkness, that means you'll be in the light. Yeshua is the light of the world. He's the living Torah and the Torah is light. Proverbs chapter 6 verse 23. For the commandment is a lamp and the Torah is light. In Isaiah chapter 8 verse 20 it is written to the Torah and to the testimony. If they speak not according to this word, if they speak not according to the Torah and the testimony, it is because there is no light in them. In John chapter 11 in verse 10 it is written, but if a man walk in the night, he stumbles because there is no light in him. When you walk in the night, you have no light. By not following the Torah, you walk in darkness. Isaiah chapter 59 verses 1 and 2 and verse 9 it is written behold the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save neither his ear heavy that it cannot hear but your iniquities have separated between you and your God and your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear therefore is judgment far from us neither does justice overtake us we wait for light but behold obscurity for brightness but we walk in darkness why are they walking in darkness? Because your iniquities have separated between you and your God. Walking in darkness is associated with not believing that Yeshua is the Messiah. In John chapter 8, verse 12, it is written, Then spake Yeshua again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. In John chapter 12, verse 46, Yeshua said, I am come a light into the world, that whosoever believeth in me should not abide in darkness. In other words, those who abide in Yeshua by not abiding in darkness, they will be following his Torah. In Psalm chapter 23, verse 1 and verse 4, it is written, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Well, who is the shepherd? Yeshua said in John chapter 10 and verse 11 and verse 14, I am the good shepherd. So Yeshua is my shepherd, I shall not want. Psalm 23, verse 4, Yea, though I walk through the 
valley of the shadow of death. What is the valley of the shadow of death? That is being in exile in the nations of the world. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, even though I'm exiled in the nations of the world, I will fear no evil. For you, that is the good shepherd, are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. In other words, there's comfort that even though there's exile in the nations, there's comfort in believing that Yeshua is the Messiah and following after him and his ways. In John chapter 11, verse 11, Yeshua is going to awaken Lazarus from his sleep. These things said he, and after that he said unto him, Our friend Lazarus sleeps, but I go that I may awaken him out of sleep. Spiritually, sleep is associated with not following the Torah or spiritual slumber. Israel is to be awakened out of their spiritual slumber. Isaiah chapter 51 in verse 17 it is written, Awake, awake. I'm going to awaken him out of his sleep. Awake, awake. Stand up, O Jerusalem. And now Isaiah chapter 52 verse 1. Awake, awake. Put on your strength, O Zion. Put on your beautiful garments, O Jerusalem, the holy city. And so Jerusalem or Zion or the holy city or the people of the God of Israel are called to awaken out of their spiritual slumber or their spiritual sleep. The death of Lazarus, which is the spiritual picture of the 12 tribes being in exile, is so that you might believe in the work of Yeshua. John chapter 11, verses 14 and 15, it is written, Then said Yeshua unto them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And the spiritual meaning is the nation of Israel is exiled into the nations of the the world. And now in John chapter 11 verse 15 it is written, And I am glad for your sakes that I was not there to the intent that you might believe. To the intent that you might believe that Yeshua is the Messiah and he gathers the exiles of Israel. Nevertheless let us go unto him. We can see how the nation of Israel is to be awakened out of their spiritual slumber. In Zechariah in chapter 4 verses 1 through 3 as it is written, And the angel that talked with me came again and he waked me as a man that is wakened out of his sleep. And he said, what do you see? And I said, I have looked and behold a candlestick, all of gold, with a bowl upon the top of it and his seven lamps thereon, and seven pipes to the seven lamps, which are upon the top thereof, and two olive trees by it, one upon the right side and the other upon the left side. So in order to understand the meaning of the two olive trees, you have to be awakened out out of your spiritual slumber. Zechariah chapter 4 verses 4 through 6. So I answered and spoke to the angel that talked to me saying, what are these my Lord? Then the angel that talked with me said, do you not know what this is? And, and I said, no my Lord. Then he answered and spake to me saying, this is the word under Zerubbabel saying, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. So these two olive trees is going to represent the two houses of Israel, northern kingdom and southern kingdom, because Northern kingdom and southern kingdom is likened to an olive tree in Jeremiah chapter 11 in verses 16 and 17. And so how they're going to be awakened out of their sleep and restored is not by might, not by power, but by my spirit. It's going to be through an outpouring of the Holy Spirit that is going to gather and unite the 12 tribes of Israel, it being a messianic work. In John chapter 11 in verse 19, we see that 
let the Jews come to comfort Martha and Mary. And many of the Jews came to Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Comfort is a code word for ending the exile of the house of Jacob. In Isaiah chapter 40 verse 1 it is written, Comfort ye, comfort ye my people, says your God. In Isaiah chapter 51 verse 3 it is written, For the Lord will comfort Zion. So what is the comforting of Zion? Jeremiah chapter 31 verse 13, Then will the virgin rejoice in the dance, both young men and old together. I will turn their mourning into joy and I will comfort them. The mourning is the exile. The joy and the rejoicing and the dancing is the end of the exile and the end of the exile is associated with comfort. Now in the annual Torah reading cycle, there are seven weeks during the year where the readings from the prophets known as the half Torah, that these seven weeks in the readings are called the seven half Torah of comfort. And Rabbi Avraham ben David of Lunil, the author of Sefer HaMahig, writes, from Parashah Breshit, that would be Genesis, through the 17th of Tammuz, that would be on the Jewish calendar, the half Torah, that is the reading from the prophets, is chosen to correspond to the Parashah topic, that is the theme and the topic associated with the events that are happening in the Torah. But from there on, the choice of the half Torah or the reading from the prophets is determined entirely by the time of the year and the corresponding historical events. The ninth of Av on the Jewish calendar marks the destruction of the first temple and the second temple. Three half Torah, known as the three half Torah of punishment, are read on the three Sabbaths that precede the ninth of Av. Then on the Sabbath following the ninth of Av, there begins the series of the half Torah of comfort or consolation. And you could render what is said these weeks in a form of a conversation, wherein what is first said from Isaiah chapter 40 verse 1, be comforted, be comforted my people. And then the second week, Zion responds, the Lord has left me, the Lord has forgotten me. And then the third week, it is said, the impoverished one, one who has endured storms. And then the fourth week, the Almighty says, I, even I, am the one who will comfort you. And then week five, this is proclaimed, sing out, you who are barren. Week six, arise, shine. And then week seven, I will surely delight in the Lord. And these readings are from the book of Isaiah. Let's explain now these seven haftarot of comfort. They can be viewed as a conversation between the Holy One, blessed be he, that is the God of Israel, the people of Israel, and the prophets. On the first Sabbath, the Holy One says through the prophet, be comforted, be comforted, my people. But the people refused to accept the words of the prophets, so that we hear on the second Sabbath, and Zion answered, the Lord has left me, and the Lord has forgotten me. On the third Sabbath, the prophet reports to the Lord, the impoverished, the storm-tossed one, has not been comforted. She refuses to accept comfort from us. She wants to hear it from you alone. Therefore, on the fourth Sabbath, the Holy One, blessed be he, assures the people, it is I, even I, who is comforting you. And then on the fifth Sabbath, he continues to raise their spirits, sing out, you who are barren, who had not yet given birth. This would be speaking of Zion. And on the eve of the sixth Sabbath, arise, give forth light, for your light has come. This would be a reference to gathering and uniting the 12 tribes of Israel. Then and only then on the seventh Sabbath, 
Sabbath, does the people of Israel believe that her time of suffering is over? Where she responds, I will rejoice in the Lord. My soul will delight in my God. In John chapter 11, verse 20, it is written, Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Yeshua was coming, went and met him. Now, what we're going to see here is that Martha is going to be a prophetic picture of Christianity. Mary is going to be a prophetic picture of Judaism. And what is going to be prophetically communicated here as we continue to look at John chapter 11 and the resurrection of Lazarus is the prophetic attitude of corporate Christianity and corporate Judaism as it relates and pertains to Lazarus, who is a prophetic picture of the exiles of Israel and the prospects for him to be resurrected. Looking again at John chapter 11 and verse 20, then Martha. Now, when you read Martha, put in there modern Christianity. As soon as she heard that Yeshua was coming, as soon as modern Christianity hears that Yeshua is going to return at his second coming, she went and met him. In other words, modern Christianity accepts and embraces and welcomes the thought and the idea that Yeshua is going to return at his second coming and set his feet down on the Mount of Olives. This is regarded as a welcomed event. Meanwhile, we are told in John chapter 11, verse 20, Mary sat in the house as it is written, but Mary sat still in the house. Now, Mary is going to be a prophetic picture of Judaism. And so while Christianity is excited about the prospects of Yeshua coming at his second coming and believing it is near, Judaism just week by week continues to study and to read the Torah. And so the phrase sitting in the house is a reference with studying the Torah. In the art scroll of Genesis on page 1064, in making comment to Genesis in chapter 25, verses 27 and 28, where it says the lads grew up. Now, this is speaking of Jacob and Esau. Esau became one who knows hunting, a man of the field. But Jacob was a wholesome man abiding in tents. So what does it mean that Jacob abided in tents? Well, the rabbinic commentary is that his heart was to study the Torah. And abiding in tents is an idiomatic expression for learning and studying Torah. Let's see another example where Martha is going to profess represent Christianity and Mary is going to prophetically represent Judaism. We can see this from Luke chapter 10 verses 38 and 39. Now it came to pass as they went that he, that is Yeshua, entered into a certain village and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. Now between Christianity and Judaism, who is the one that receives Yeshua into their house or into their hearts and their lives? It is Christianity. Here it was Martha. Martha represents represents Christianity. She received him, Yeshua, into her house because she believes that Yeshua is the Messiah. And Martha had a sister called Mary. Mary represents Judaism, which also sat at Yeshua's feet and heard his word. So given that Yeshua is the lawgiver in James chapter 4 and verse 12, because it says there's one lawgiver that is able to save, the one that saves is the lawgiver, that is Yeshua. He's the one that gave the Torah at Mount Sinai. It is Mary or 
or Judaism that wants to concern itself with studying the Torah. And studying the Torah is sitting at the feet of your teacher. In Luke chapter 10 and verse 40, but Martha was cumbered about much serving. And this is the mindset and the mentality of Christianity. They are eager to serve Yeshua and to share Yeshua with the world. They want to have this program and that program and they just want to serve Yeshua every which way they can. Martha was covered about much serving and came to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me? And this is often the prayer of many Christians. They say, look, I'm spending all this time and effort and energy serving Yeshua, trying to share Yeshua to the world. Don't you, Yeshua, care that Judaism doesn't believe that you're the Messiah and I have to be the one who is doing all the serving unto you? Don't you care that my sister has left me to serve you alone? Bid her, therefore, that she help me. And this is, once again, the prayer and the attitude of many in traditional Christianity that while they enjoy serving Yeshua and doing everything they can to share him with the world, they have this thought in their mind that doesn't the God of Israel care that it is Christianity that believes that Yeshua is the Messiah and wants to share him with the world? Doesn't the God of Israel care uh, that Jews don't believe corporately that Yeshua is the Messiah? Luke chapter 10 verses 41 and 42 it is written and Yeshua answered and said unto her Martha Martha you are careful and troubled about many things in other words you are very eager and you're very concerned about wanting to serve me and making sure that your service to me is approved of me but one thing you are needful of he says it's great it's wonderful that you're spending all this time and energy serving me I appreciate it but there's one thing that you're lacking and Mary has chosen that thing there's one thing that you lack in your desire in your heart to serve me is that is you need to follow the Torah and regarding that which Mary is doing or Judaism is doing Yeshua said that what she is doing will not be taken away from her in John chapter 11 verses 21 and 22 by now understanding that Martha prophetically represents traditional Christianity let's see how Martha represents traditional Christianity then said Martha under Yeshua Lord if you had been here my brother had not died and this is the mindset of traditional Christianity that with the presence of Yeshua and with his spoken word anything that he desires can be accomplished and he can solve any and all problems with his presence and with his spoken word John chapter 11 verse 22 Martha says but I know that even now whatsoever you will ask of God God will give it you or God will answer the prayer of Yeshua to his father now in John chapter 11 verses 23 and 24 it is written Yeshua said unto her that is the Martha your brother will rise again and Martha said unto him I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day so what Yeshua was trying to get Martha or modern Christianity to understand is that your brother or Lazarus which prophetically represents the exiles of Israel scattered in the nations of the world that they will rise again that there will be an 
end of the exile. They'll return to the land of Israel. But Martha is not understanding what Yeshua is saying to her. And she interprets the rising again as a individual resurrection. Because Martha said, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. And so traditional Christianity is firm in believing that in the end of days that there will be a personal resurrection and they are steadfast in believing this and this is what Martha is referring to and by the way there is going to be an individual personal resurrection and the resurrection is going to take place on the last day the last day is messianic times well that's going to conclude part 16 of the series on the subject two houses and the new testament shalom in yeshua the messiah amen thank you eddie this is stephen morgan and all of us here at hebraic heritage ministries pray that you have enjoyed today's teaching if you've been blessed will you help us to share this message with others hebraic heritage ministries is supported by your generous financial gifts in order to help you in your studies and to help us share this message with others we are offering today the dvd yeshua the lawgiver for free for a love gift of any amount to the ministry Hebraic Heritage Ministries also offers a monthly discipleship program. If you are interested in starting a fellowship group in your area, let us know. We would like to help you. Please contact us for more details. Our website is hebroots.org. That's H-E-B-R-O-O-T-S dot O-R-G. We would like to hear from you. Please send us an email. Finally, in order to take advantage of today's free offer, please mention this product offer and... Please mail your love gift to Hebraic Heritage Ministries, P.O. Box 81, Strasburg, that's S-T-R-A-S-B-U-R-G, Ohio, 44680. Until next time, may Yeshua richly bless you.